Personal Therapy Podcast. Hello. Wow. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> Let's try that again. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. You are listening to the post-match podcast where Arsenal have just battered, absolutely annihilated West Bromwich Albion by four goals to nil. And as you can tell by the sound of my voice, um... I have gone all out with the screaming after watching four spectacular goals, uh, two of which were absolute world-class, top-notch goals. One individual goal and one team goal. And I have to say the overall performance today was just immense incredible, incredible display by um by the Arsenal. I can't be any prouder than I am today and I think I genuinely do believe this was the best performance we have seen um, this Arsenal team play under Arteta in the Premier League just scintillating stuff jaw-dropping stuff um, I'm going to try and keep the commentary on the game um, <clears throat> as short as possible. I tried to do that last week and, well, I say last week, last game, um, and it didn't work out so well. So I'm going to try and talk through the game a little bit quicker so we can talk, we can try and analyse the performance, individual performances. Um, where do we go from here and what type of effect is this going to have on the team, on the club, everyone associated to the badge um so let's talk about starting 11 um i um obviously well obviously you guys won't know this um for those of you that listen to my podcast but in the last few days or actually yesterday i launched um, my youtube channel which is called gunner since 96 and on that channel i intend on releasing um for the time being two types of videos one video looking forward to whatever game we play and another video um i haven't named it anything as of yet but it will be um looking at or the aftermath of um the specific game so um i released the first video in which i spoke about this game today looking ahead to the was probably charming game my predicted start in 11 um how i thought we we're gonna set up etc etc and I, I almost got the starting eleven bang on perfect to the T. Um if just if it wasn't for Bellerin starting, I would have got it absolutely perfect. So let's have a look at the starting eleven and who uh Arteta decided to go for. No surprise, we had Leno in goal, of course, and Bellerin started along with Holden, Mari and Tierney. So a completely changed back four um, since the Chelsea game, which I think was expected, but I, I would have personally fancied Maitland-Niles to play on the right-hand side. What I've noticed in the last few games is that Bellerin has been, um, not to say he's been the weak link, but we've been most exposed on that side. Teams playing against us know they can get through us quite easily on that right-hand side than they would do on the left-hand side. I think Maitland-Niles does a good job of ruthlessly um, uh, closing down anyone coming at him from that side, whereas Bellerin is a little bit more shaky where he likes to lead players down the line rather than 
cutting out the play early on. Um, I think Bellerin also struggles to move forward and come back efficiently, whereas Maitland-Niles has that in him where he can drive down and come back um, in a, in a way that doesn't sort of expose him. So, but, you know, having Bellerin there made sense. Um, you know, the last two performances have been wins, so it, it only makes sense to sort of keep the system as it is rather than disrupting it. So Bellerin, Holden and Mari, obviously, you know, they've both worked well up until that point. They've worked really well, especially Mari making us look so steady at the back. Um, but Holding, I hadn't been completely convinced of as of yet up until that point, I should say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than other than David Luiz, who had just come back, I I wouldn't have swapped Holden or Mari for anyone else. I think they, they, you know, they've both done well. Credit to them, and you know, they deserve their their place. Tierney, of course, you know, if there's one man who's going to be on the team sheet, it's gonna be Kieran Tierney. So no arguments there. So Bios and Shaka, this is something that I spoke about yesterday. I mentioned that El Neni has shown too many mistakes in him, and the relationship, the partnership between El Neni and and Shaka has failed. We haven't seen uh, them work together well in the middle. We've been exposed in the middle. We've looked weak in the middle. And perhaps it was time to see something different with the likes of Sabayos and Shaka. And I was really, really pleased that Arteta made that change, put Sabayos in there, because now we could see um, Shaka play as a pivot, Sabayos play as a more creative attacking midfielder where he could you know, progress the ball forward. Um, so that was good. That was positive. I was happy to see that. And then we had the uh, dynamic duo, as I like to call them, Saka and Smithrow. Saka on the right, uh, Smithrow playing as a number 10. Again, really, really positive, positive um, decisions to continue playing Saka rather than bringing in the likes of Pepe or even, you know, to haunt my nightmares. Um bring on Willian, which was something that, you know, I don't think any fan wants to see at this moment in time. In fact, ever, um, hopefully. He did come on, we will speak about that, but it, again, uh, talking about the game, the uh, starting eleven, it was really, really nice and refreshing to know that Saka and Smithrow were starting. And Aubameyang was to play on the left, Lacazette in the middle. And again, um, I was hoping that Lacazette would start and I was hoping that Aubameyang would start as well. I think it was great to see Martinelli play. He is just coming back from an injury. We don't want to rush him. We don't want to push too many minutes out of him. I think he needs to be stretched um, in a sensible manner. It needs to be done correctly. He needs to be eased back into football and only then will we see the best form out of him. So playing Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette in the centre was the perfect decision to, to make. And also, I, I also wanted to see Aubameyang and Lacazette play together. It's not very common. Um, it's not very often that we see them play together. So it was great to see that. So um, West Brom played, I think, the strongest start in 11 they could and the golfing quality was clear to see so there was there was no sort of change for West Brom um 
nothing out of the ordinary. Obviously, Gibbs was on the bench, couldn't play against his former club. But you had Robinson up front, you had Pereira, um, Gallagher, you had Phillips, Safanovic, Ajayi, the usual suspects. And looking at their start in 11, it was clear that their weak link was always going to be on the right-hand side. Ivanovic has mistakes in him. Although he's a veteran, although he's an ex-Chelsea player, what we learned, what we have learned throughout the years about ex-Chelsea players is they decline very, very fast. Um, and that was that 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 is the case for Ivanovic. And actually, that was a um pretty bad joke to make. But I mean, we've seen Ivanovic's mistakes come out in previous games, or I have, and you know, I, if I was going to identify a weak link in that squad, it was going to be on that right-hand side. So let's talk about um, the the expectations of this game, how I thought we were going to uh, play out, um, how the game was going to play out and the system that we were going to play. I thought this was going to be a really, really, really tough game. If there's anything that we learned from Sam Allardyce, having played previously his many Premier League teams, is that he he always makes it difficult um, to play against, especially against big teams like Liverpool. We know he likes to frustrate. We know he likes to play 11 men behind the ball. We know he likes to press early. We know he likes to um, play on the counter-attack and just, just make it really difficult suffocate teams really to to stop them from playing football and you know it was complete opposite today um but what what I what I expected from the game was a complete opposite of what happened and I think the you know this is going to be a very very shoddy little excuse um, but it is a valid one to make I think the snow definitely played a part and it did affect the game of football I think it made it difficult for certain players to play in that condition because they were so unfamiliar with it um, but I also think it did control the tempo of the game as well um, I think maybe West Brom might have wanted to play the game in a slower tempoed manner than it was actually played especially in that condition um, yeah, I was really 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 proud of the 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 tenacity and the sort of high tempo that we were playing in especially in that condition it just showed the the the, the golfing quality between the two teams and you know you can see who was uncomfortable playing in that in in that condition and who wasn't and the majority of us um the majority of players on our side were fine with it getting getting on with it um and you know making taking using that at their advantage so Instantly in the first three minutes, in the first few minutes, we, I, I, I saw a high um, intensity, the desire to carry the ball forward and cause a problem. And we saw that straight away with Aubameyang whipping in across, Bellerin having a shot which was saved at the, which was saved near post by the by the keeper but that was early signs of what was to come and that was really the blueprint of the game whipping balls in continuously up until the point where I really lost count how many balls that were whipped in uh, but you know I think in the first 10 minutes it was really testing the waters seeing what was going to work and what wasn't clearly we knew that um, both wings were going to be very very busy but at the same time you need to make sure in the first 10 minutes that you don't overexpose yourself you don't overcommit, and if you do then you have to get an early goal and if you don't then at least keep up the tempo um, continue to play 
you know, uh, pick up the ball quickly and drive and progress it forward. But what we saw in the first 10 minutes was uh, creating chances, but allowing West Brom to, when they get the ball, allowing them to progress the play back into our half and not closing down the ball as quick as we should have been. And it was it was a little bit reminiscent of what happened at Brighton. Um, and this is just the first 10 minutes I'm talking about. I think the, the latter stages of that 10 minutes, it, it, we were a little bit cautious, um, maybe just sort of figuring out what they were about, what they were doing. Uh, but, you know, not, nonetheless, it was bright, creating loads, loads of opportunities, pushing the ball forward, um, attacking their defence, testing them. And, you know, it was it was good to see uh, the likes of Bellerin, Tierney, Saka continuing off from where they left off, which was just, you know, relentless energy running up and down that pitch, um, just being a nightmare, really. And, you know, we could, I, I, I think, I think if, if there's something that we could identify clearly within the next 10 minutes, which is like the first 20 minutes, which was the patterns of play and the style of football that we were playing. And you could easily identify um, those three players or four players, including Emil Smith-Rowe, being crucial to the style of football that we were playing. Um, you, you know, it was clear to see that the ball was being picked up at the back by Mari, um, sorry, by Holding, passing it down to Mari. Mari plays it down to Tierney. Tierney has, he's, he's got two options. He can either bomb down the wing. No one's catching him. Uh, ping across into the box or play it short to someone else, um, passing the ball in and around the box, trying to get into the box as well. It, it was just, you know, it, although, I mean, when when teams can suss out what you're doing, there's two outcomes. Either you're going to execute it really, really well because the talent is just out of this world and no one can stop that kind of talent, or you've put yourself in a bit of a hole because you've exposed your gameplay. They know what you're going to do. So they're going to double up on you and try and break down that, uh, that, that, that particular type of play. But where we were so, where we had so much talent on either wing, it was almost impossible for um, them to do anything about it. You know, we were telling them, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get the ball to Tini. We're going to get the ball to Bella and we're going to bomb down the wing. We're going to get Saka and we're going to get Aubameyang involved in the game. Mill Smith-Rowe and Lacazette are also going to be there to pull your players out of position and then once we see an opening when to ping the ball in the box someone is going to one of our players is 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 going to be there to convert um the cross and you know there's nothing you can do about it that was sort of the message um and so you know, the first 20 minutes, we saw that continuously. Saka pinging in some world-class sublime crosses. Really and truly, we should have had a goal in that first 20 minutes. Because, I mean, the number of balls that were coming in, again, in that first 20 minutes specifically, I had totally lost track of. And eventually, something came of it. Eventually, um, I'm going to just get the goal up. I'm usually a lot more prepared than this. Um, yeah, I'm going to get the goal up for Tierney's goal because this was an absolute pleasure to watch. The guy is an absolute beast. The way that this goal was taken by him, and it was all him, by the way. Um, credit to him because, you know, he you have to remember that he's a left back. Well, what, what, what he was doing here was... 
things that most wingers can't even do. Um, and I mean, I think we should we should touch on uh, the crosses that were coming in beforehand, before Tierney's goal. Um, so the one that Saka puts in, Aubameyang is inches wide of. Um, and again, I have to say, you know, we're talking about a 19 year old here who who's putting in crosses and balls into the box that are just ridiculous out of this world um and you, you almost need to pinch yourself when 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 you mention that he's 19 years old and he's doing this kind of stuff mate i mean making it almost impossible to defend against because i think it was that o'Shea that's trying to um mark him and trying to you know stop those crosses coming and you couldn't do anything about it you have to feel sorry for him but saka was on a different planet compared to anyone that was marking him or trying to get the ball um uh, trying to trying to get the ball away from him. Um, so now we move on to Tierney's goal, and this really epitomizes what Kieran Tierney is about. Now I I don't often speak about Kieran Tierney. Uh, I don't often highlight um, Kieran Tierney in the podcasts or whenever I'm having a chat about Arsenal's performance because this is what I. This is what I expect of Kieran Tierney, really and truly. He's 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 this good that you don't expect Kieran Tierney to do anything less than Kieran Tierney thinks, which is running down that left-hand side and creating some sort of a problem. You watch that go and you're almost you almost remind yourself, oh my God, I have to put Kieran Tierney in the conversation of the standout players. But because he does it so often, this is a norm. This is what he does. There's, there's, I mean, the, the fact that teams haven't noticed him being essentially like a target man or or or, or the guy that you need to, 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 to mark. And I guess it's so difficult because he's a left back. You can't really mark him because if you're marking him, who's going to mark Aubameyang? Um, and this is what I'm loving from Arsenal. They've got so many amazing individual players in there with so much energy and this type of play that when teams play against us, they almost get confused as to who to try and uh, target during that game. I mean, before when we were going through our rough patch, it was always um, man-marking Aubameyang. It was always man-marking Saka. But now, now that we've gotten rid of um, Willian on the other side, both sides are, you know, which side do you pick? Which side do you plan on um, closing down first? Because the way that we were whipping balls from side to side, it's, it's as if, if you... if 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 the play has closed, been closed down on the left-hand side, you get the ball across to um, Holding. Holding gets the ball to Bellerin and then, you know, the same thing. Um, and so let's talk about Tierney's goal. Tierney does so well here and we've seen this time and time again. The way that he just runs past his, his man is, I mean, what what else, what can you say about this kind of pace? Because it, he makes it look like his defender marking him is a 35-year-old defender that's lost his legs. Um, but he does so well to come uh, to beat his man, then come back on the inside, run into the box. He's got space there to have a go. The goalkeeper's made it easy for him as well. And the finish is just 
exquisite. It's beautiful. Top right hand corner curls it in. Thank you very much. One nil Arsenal, and you can see the passion in his face from getting that goal. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and there's a lot of conversations about Kieran Tierney being captain of Arsenal Football Club. I definitely do see that happening very, not very, very soon, not anytime soon in the future. I think. I think when Aubameyang is ready to hang up his boots, um, when he's ready to step down, I think that's when Tierney will, um, that's when the, the, the armband will be passed down to Tierney. And that will be a massive, massive moment for this club because he is one of those characters that very much like Saka, he carries the team forward and he's got this really innate um, ability about him where it doesn't matter what's going on around the pitch. It doesn't matter, you know, whether we're down 2-0, whether we're up 4-0, it doesn't matter um, whatever condition we're playing in, whatever scenario it is, you know what type of performance he's going to pull out. You know he's going to continuously give you 150%. Um, and so once this man, this young man, we have to remind ourselves, he's what, 23 years old? Once this young man becomes the captain of Arsenal Football Club, it's inevitable it will happen. But once it does happen, we will see us, we will see him not just drive him, continuously drive himself um, forward with every performance, but he will encourage the younger guys coming up in the ranks and also the senior guys as well. And you can only hope that the senior guys watch this and take motivation from it. And I guess it's a little bit sort of um, frustrating watching such a young guy come in and almost expose the expose what's been missing in the last sort of, um, obviously before the Chelsea game, the last four or five games. Um, and so, you know, that, that goal was... Uh, very, very quickly um, led, I think, well, how many minutes was it? Uh, five minutes. Five minutes after Tierney's goal, we see Saka's goal, which, you know, we have to analyse really with as much description as possible. We, we really need to talk about this goal. And, and I think this goal will be talked about, you know, going down into the, the, the decades um, because this was one of those goals that really epitomised what Arsenal Football Club are about. And it really highlighted where we've come from and what the DNA of this football club is. Um, many people, most fans, not most fans, but I've, I've heard a lot of um, frustration from fans about whenever we mention the likes of Arsene Wenger, Wenger Ball, you know, that was in the past. We need to start winning football games. We need to adapt into playing direct football, um, getting more shots on goal. But when you look at this goal, you can't help but just really... Um, I don't know. I guess I guess you you just want to see this. You just really want to see more of this. If you can convert football like this into goals, then why can why can we not continue playing, continue the legacy of what Arsene Wenger left us, which is beautiful football, opening teams up like a can of baked beans and just ripping ripping the whole system apart. And that's the only way I can describe this goal. It, it, it literally tore open every fibre 
of West Bromwich Albion's midfield and defence. And we've. I'm gonna start. Um, I'm gonna start the goal from Bellerin on the right hand side, where he picks up the ball, plays um a love plays a short pass to Emil Smith Rowe. Emil Smith Rowe then places a lovely forward pass into Saka. And this is one thing I love about Emil Smith Rowe that you can't get out of Mesut Ozil, that you can't get out, um get out of Willock or Sabios. The movement following the the movement following the immediate pass is what makes a difference. Is what makes a difference in attacking play. When you're able to pick out a pass, run, pull the defender out of play, continue going forward. Um, you're 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 you know you're fifty percent more likely to create a chance from that than passing the ball, staying where you are, remote. Um, pass having the ball received back to you, maybe playing a long ball forward. Really, this goal showed us the future of Arsenal Football Club. If we can continue playing this type of football, um, we're gonna see many many bright moments like this in the future so the ball's played to um Saka and look I mean Smithrow makes it so easy he's ran down that right hand side and no one decides to run with him if if there's anything that we can take away from this performance other than being perfect today West Bromwich Albion were poor they were so poor all on every aspect of the pitch especially their defensive game they were abysmal and I think that goal just exposes every part of why we were better than them lazy defending not being able to do the basic stuff like picking up their man and look Emil Smith-Rowe is gone on the right hand side Saka passes it to Lacazette uh, Saka dis, uh, continues to run run this like this pass from Lacazette is beautiful perfect weighted um finds the uh, f- finds finds um Emil Smith Rowe with ease and the link up play between those three um including on the other side with Tierney um was beautiful to watch it it looked as if like they've been playing for years and years and years and you have to remind yourself Emil Smith Rowe's only started two games um, has it been three games? Has he started all three games? I'm not sure, but he's played in the last three games. And, you know, you can tell instantly that Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe have obviously been playing for a very long, long time. Hence this type of football being played. So the ball's played to Emil Smith-Rowe. Emil Smith-Rowe has acres of space. Um, you wonder if it was someone like uh, Willian, would Willian, you know, maybe have a shot? But obviously he knows that Saka is available. He's open, plays it short and Saka puts in the back of the net. This is one of my favourite Arsenal goals this season. And, I mean, as I was sitting there watching that goal, I was just reminiscing of the, uh, and it's it's not really a similar goal, but I think that the the nature of which it was scored in, it was very similar to the goal we scored against Norwich. I think it was Jack Wilshere that scored, where it was tick-attacker football, one-touch movement, fantastic movement just ripping teams apart but this was a very different goal um with a similar sort of um arsenal-esque about it because 
we're move, when, we're, when we're moving the ball with that much pace and when teams are unable to process what's happening at that time, that's when um, that's when you're at your best. And, you know, it, although it being a very simple tapping goal, the build-up was just everything that you want to see week in, week out. And you can only hope that this performance today, especially that goal, that can be replicated again and again and again. Because, you know, you, as, as as an opposing team, you can man-mark your wingers. You can um, suss out what they're going to do, whether we're going to be putting in 100 balls into the box um, in each half. You can try and prepare for that. But what you can't prepare for is this level of skilled football, the ability to play one-touch football in such a way. It almost reminded me of, and I, uh, and, uh, and I know a lot of people might say, okay, you're taking it a bit too far now, but it was very, very, very... Barcelona-esque although um obviously being a vengable type of play but it reminded me of you know the type um the kind of football that Xavi and Iniesta used to play at peak Barcelona level um and I and I, I know you know this was against a piss poor West Bromwich Albion side but seeing that goal can only give you so much confidence going into the future especially with these two young amazingly incredible players that Arsenal need to keep hold of it doesn't matter what happens in the future we need to keep hold of these players um because they're the future of our club and we can't we can't have a repeat of what happened to um the likes of Clichy, Sanya, Adebayor we can't lose them to teams with more money than us we need to create the culture and we need to create the environment for these players to want to stay here to know that this is a project that we're working for and we are making progress to win big trophies, to win the Premier League, the Champions League. You, know, you can say what you want, but at the end of the day, this is the objective. This is what Mikel Arteta has come to do. He's come to win us Champions League trophies and Premier League trophies. And I understand where we are now and I understand how we've gotten to where we are. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been pretty. But as I've said from as I've said time and time again, this is a process. This is a transition that not many teams have done correctly. You look at Man United, they're still going through that transition and maybe they're at the end of it. But I still I'm, I'm still not convinced. I still can't look at that United side. I can't I still can't look at the way that they play and say that this is going to last and they have something about them which is going to cause a lot of danger but what I can say about Arsenal is that they have superstars in there that are going to grow and that are going to develop and that are going to um, develop the way that they play if you think this is good imagine what's going to happen in the next five years when they have gotten to their peak scary and especially when you add in other names um other players coming in who you know who who you hope will uh add to the quality um but anyway we're 2-0 up we're cruising 30 minutes go and the obviously the last two minutes scoring those two incredible goals was the best that i have had that i've seen arsenal play in that whole game um you know we're we're, we're definitely at that point way too strong for for albion and and you're thinking that um, if we're going to finish this game off, we need to score another goal and we need to keep it tight at the back. And at this point, you know, the snow was chucking it down. Uh, the ball was slowing down as the passes were being made. And if they were going, if they were going to get a goal, it was going to be at this point. It was going to be at the point where mistakes were going to be made. Um, passes were going to be intercepted. And it almost happened. Um, I think after after scoring those two goals, we sort of, you know, we eased 
we sort of put the pressure down a little bit ease them back into the game but they were playing a very very high line very high intensity um intensity kind of game and you 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 sort of think to yourself that if you had started playing like this then maybe it wouldn't it won't you know the scoreline might not have reflected um what it was at that time and you know you you, you almost sort of there was there was almost an arsenal like performance from them which is you know difficult to say but what i mean by that is the sort of arsenal the naivety um of our performances earlier on against the likes of Villa, against the likes of Everton, against Leicester, really, really slow to build up play. And that's exactly what they had done. They were really, really slow to get into the game. And, you know, they were punished early on um, by by a team who understands how bad it is to start slow. And, you know, even Tierney had said it in his um, pre-match interview that, look, our mistakes at the beginning were starting off too slow. In the last two games, we have been starting off with um, energy and, you know, that's worked. So we approach halftime 2-0, looking comfortable. Standout performers for me were Clearly, Tierney, Saka, Smithrow, and Lacazette. Those four were absolutely sublime. I have to also give credit to Shaka and Sabios in the middle. I think they were great. They worked really, really well together. Shaka played with purpose today. He had a really good performance, very similar to the one that he had against, uh, was it Chelsea? Where he was progressing the ball forward, looking really dangerous um, as he was moving with the ball and you know, after making the pass, he would move forward as well. And it was very unlike Shaka. But I mean, it's just the frustrating thing about Shaka is that he's got this in his locker. And what's even more frustrating is that he will play like this one game and then five games be the usual Shaka, which is stay reserved, make short passes, sideways, sideways. But this was completely different. And it was such a breath of fresh air because it looked like we were so comfortable in that middle. Um, and, and what was even better to see was that the relationship between our centre-backs and our midfielders was brilliant. Both sets knew what they were doing. Both sets, both departments understood their roles and they executed it perfectly um but going into the second half you know i wasn't worried at all about west brom coming out at us i you know i think the first half showed the different classes um of football teams on that pitch they were poor they were you know i think uh, that's the worst side i've seen play in the premier league um and that i've seen that i've watched Obviously, I'm not going to watch all games every single week, but from what I had watched, this was the poorer side because they were allowing us to come at them. Um, and, you know, you can only ask them to continue doing that. And so, you know, when the second second half came, um, I was hoping that Lacazette and Aubameyang would score. I think if anybody wanted to get confidence uh, moving forward, it was going to be from this game. And if you wanted to get a goal, it was going to be from this game. And so it was really, really nice to see the balls being pinged from left to right, continuing the attacking pace from Bellerin and Saka. And I I really, really 
you know, enjoyed watching Bellerin today. Um, he's he proved me wrong about being a liability, and maybe you know, going ahead into bigger games with opponents who are going to be tougher and better, and, you know, maybe we will see something different and a, a different outcome. But from this game, he's going to take a lot of confidence from it, which is great. But his relationship was with Saka was just brilliant. Um, compared to the usual Bellerin that we see pinging in balls, meaningless balls, he was playing with Saka, you know, passing, running into space, pulling defenders apart. Um, and again, it was a breath of fresh air. And I think, um, obviously he was taken off. Uh, I don't know whether it was a bit of an, uh, whether it was due to injury or whether he was tired or fatigued, but he came off for a Mill Smith throw, sorry, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I was really happy to see that. I think uh, Maitland-Niles deserved some minutes. So I was glad to see him come on early on. Um, and he did really, really well. And he continued on from Bellerin. And that's something that I, I, you know, I'm happy to see on that right-hand side, on our, in our right-back position. We have two players that are very, very similar, have very, have very similar qualities and abilities as well. Um, it's not like on the left-hand side where we had Kolasinac, um, who was miles away from the abilities of Tierney. Uh, we've got two similar players who can sort of like for like. Um and it wasn't very, you know, we didn't have to wait very long for Lacazette to score his goal. Um, I'm going to just talk us through this goal. It was, essentially, it was gifted to us, wasn't it? Because, again, this this really just epitomises how poor uh, West Brom were. Um, because they, you know, they gifted us this goal. So I'm just waiting for it to come up. There we go. So. Uh, Lacazette plays the ball to Saka. Saka's on the right-hand side and Saka was doing what Saka does. And again, we're, we're only going to expect Saka to just do this, to continue doing this, making it, you know, making making himself a living nightmare for anyone marking him or anyone going up against him. Crosses the ball in. The uh, Ajayi, I think it was, who actually lost the ball to Lacazette, um, tries to clear the ball out and almost puts it into his into the back of his net. The ball comes off the post um, Emil Smith-Rowe has a shot and it shows the sort of um, immaturity of uh, Emil Smith-Rowe's shot compared to Lacazette's shot. Lacazette realises, so the ball comes back to Lacazette and Lacazette puts it on the bottom right-hand corner where there's no one there to kick it out. Um, and that's, you know, game match point. That That is, you know, we're, 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 we're home and dry at that point. And all you can say now is that anyone who needs confidence go and get a goal so you know unsurprisingly I think well it was a little bit of a surprise to see Willian come on but it was understandable when you're going to spend that much and I know we got him on a free but when you're playing when you're paying someone that much you do not want a repeat of Mesut Ozil so what do you do you bring on um Willian and you say to yourself, well, you know, this is the moment really, mate. You need to go on and either put an assist or score a goal, or you need to have a very, very bright performance. Um, and I don't think that happens for him today. But before we talk about the individual players and how they perform, because I think the story of the second half was, uh, like as a second goal that he scored, we will talk about that. But the rest of the half was just a, a perfectly controlled half. The game management was you know, absolutely perfect. Um, we 
got to the 90 minutes home and dry without conceding a goal. Um, but I do want to touch on a few things that I noticed in that second half. So let's let's talk about this uh, fourth goal. And the fourth goal for me, again, highlighted how bad West Brom were and how alive we were, despite being 3-0 up. And, you know, I remember this, I remember seeing this at times during Wenger's reign where you we would be 3-4 up, but we would continue to, the desire to want to score more um, was, you know, commendable. It was, it was, it was really... And you can imagine if there were fans there, how, you know, how, 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 how pleased the fans would be to see this, to continue to press um, and try to score more goals. So let's talk about this fourth goal. Now, I'm just finished. I'm just finishing watching off Lacazette's first. Okay. So the ball is picked up by what looks like um, Willock. Willock plays the ball to oh no no it was a Bamiang so Bamiang plays the ball to Kirantini Kirantini does what Kirantini does and he puts in a brilliant ball and what I realized today was although we were pinging in a lot of balls into the box they were very very different crosses and passes than what we what we initially saw at the beginning um when everyone was complaining that the number of crosses that were coming in and questions were being raised about what type of football Arsenal were playing because back then the types of crosses we were playing in were very high um very slow paced whereas now it's very sharp uh, with a lot of pace low driven and the results are clear to see Lacazette is there unmarked comes off him into the into the back of the net um it's not offside and Arsenal are 4-0 up so rather than talking through the rest of the half I'm going to talk about a couple of things that I noticed um in the game as as after um Lacazette scored his second so one of the things that I realized is that the moment that Saka's taken off the moment Willian comes on the game is slowed down and understandably because obviously we're 4-0 up so we don't need to be playing with so so much intensity but we you, you sort of realize the sort of impact there's a sort of impact two players have on that right hand side um Bellerin and Saka and then when Willian comes on everything seems to slow down and there's a moment where he has a shot it deflects off a Bamiyang and that just says the story of Willian and I'm sorry to say but I think that's it really um that's sort of what we're just going to see continuously if he's pushed on um if if Arteta persists to play him you know I think I what I was hoping for is to see a decent performance and is to see some form of danger and although he grew into the game it just wasn't enough and you know you're thinking to yourself if you can't turn up against a poor team like West Brom with the way that they've been playing and the way that we've opened them up if you can't take advantage of that this is not the right club for you. You know, your time is gone. And I hate to say this, but we saw a very similar performance from our captain, Aubameyang. And I'm not going to say that his time is done, but what I will say is that the confidence that he was playing with today was rock bottom. And I really did feel for him. I felt for him because I can I could tell how badly he wanted to score but it just wasn't happening for him 
and nearing the end of the game um where his 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 mate had gotten two goals you've got a couple 19 20 year olds that have you know played incredibly well to carry the team into this lead and our captain our star player on this big contract you can you could see the amount of pressure that he was under to try and score a goal and i felt for him because I think a goal would have done wonders for his confidence. Um, it really would have put him on the kind of level that everyone else is on. Because I feel like everyone else is the on the type of confidence level that they're on right now is far higher than where he is at. He is right now under a lot of pressure to A, perform well, B, score goals. And I didn't see any of that today, which was really odd. And it's odd for two reasons, because when everyone is playing well around you, you you would expect even your poorest players. And we saw that today with Shaka turn up and manage to deliver a performance. But we didn't see that with Aubameyang. And that was really frustrating. Um, and I don't know whether that's because he's past his point or whether because he's just going through a really rough patch. The latter side of me tends to hope you know and my heart sort of thinks and hopes that it is because he's going through a really rough patch but my brain's telling me he's past it and you know I mean I don't know whether it's time to have the Aubameyang discussion um I don't want to have the Aubameyang discussion because I don't think it's right to have the discussion right now, especially when there's so much positivity going around. I don't think there's any need to have that discussion now. But if we were playing against a Everton side again, a Leicester, a Wolves, and he didn't turn up and everyone else was turning up, but for whatever reason it wasn't clicking and we had either drawn or lost a game, would we then be forced into having that type of discussion? I don't know. You see, when I there's one thing that I expect from all Arsenal players is to put 100%. Whether you score a goal or not, whether you grind out a result or not, that's, for me, that is almost secondary because I need to see that you're playing for the badge and I need to see that you're trying your absolute hardest to get three points. Whether it happens or not is a different story. But for me, not seeing him come up with that performance was really, really disappointing. Um and who have we got next? I think we've got Newcastle next in the FA Cup. Um, our next league game is Crystal Palace at home. Now, Crystal Palace had a good good performance today. They haven't been the most solid. Um, and at home, against the likes of Eze and Zaha, we need to be perfect. As perfect as we were today. Hopefully, you know, the weather conditions will be far better. Um, but you know, you can only hope that Aubameyang will get a goal um, in against either Newcastle or against Crystal Palace. And if he doesn't, then maybe we will be forced into having those discussions, which is a real shame because the, the guy's carried us up until this point. He's carried this whole team to the FA Cup, uh, lifting the FA Cup against um, City, I think it was. Um, no, was it against City? I'm not actually too sure who played in the finals. I think, yeah, it was against City, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think... I don't really want to focus on that right now. What I want to focus on is the incredible team performance. And I want to give, you know, 
I want to I want to shed light and give praise to two central defenders who I had big doubts about and that was Holding and Mari. Holding and Mari had an incredible game today. The way that Mari and Holding are reading football matches, albeit against piss poor sides like West Brom, um showed that they they're, they're clearly not amateurs anymore. They they're, they're decent football players whereas a couple of months ago you wouldn't have been able to say that but I think they've really grown in these last three four games especially holding and there was a moment where the ball was being played to um one of their guys I don't know whether it was Robinson I think it was Phillips it was someone um sorry I th- sorry I think it was Gallagher yeah the ball was played to Gallagher um Holding was running at him. Gallagher anticipated that he would put in a challenge. Holding was too smart, held it back, made Gallagher run the ball down and out for a goal kick. That was a moment for me where I looked at him and I was like, wow, you have become a man. You have become this centre-back that we have all been waiting for. Um, And I don't want to speak too early. And again, I will say this. I am still not convinced of Rob Holding. I think he needs a full season to um, conclude what type of player he is. But certainly Pablo Mari has done it again, pulled out another brilliant performance. And both of them just look incredibly, incredibly uh, comfortable at the back. So the question is, when Gabriel comes back, what on earth do we do? Do you take out Holding or do you take out Mari? Personally, I'd love to see Pablo Mari play with Gabriel. I think both of them, you know, with an aggressive defender like uh, Gabriel, who intercepts the ball really, really quickly, uh, with Mari being a great aerial defender, you know, reads the game really, really well. I think they can both complement each other really well. So Bios and Shaka, I want to see plenty more of that. And I know we're in January right now. I know we're bringing in uh, central midfielder, hopefully an attacking midfielder. I know that we will see someone else there, but for the meantime, whilst that whilst that new face um, is slowly eased into things, I do want to see plenty more of Sabahs and Shaka. And if Sabahs and Shaka can play the way that they did today, and look, I still stand by the words that I have been saying for very very long time Granite Shaka's time was done the moment that he decided to that the, the, the moment he he decided to throw his shirt and you know strop off the pitch his time was done I I I personally don't want to see Granite Shaka in the middle but seeing as we don't have a choice I want to see I want to see Tobias and Shaka continue in the middle and I really really hope that they play the way that they did today because they really did glue everything together and we don't even need to mention Saka, Smithrow, um, and Lacazette, and especially Lacazette. I really want to give massive, massive preps to Lacazette. He had such a brilliant performance today, and you know, I I was watching I was watching in the first half some of the things that he was doing, pressing continuously, running with high energy, um, you know, playing as a deep sort of deep lying midfielder almost at times and what I noticed is that his the way that he was playing it was almost as if it was like a fusion between a number 10 and number 9 role where he was getting other players involved in the game as a striker but he was causing a threat as well and I haven't seen that I mean other than um, Liverpool's Firmino I haven't seen anyone able to play in that sort of in that in that kind of role and he deserved those two goals and because of that performance he got those two goals and it, again it's sh- 
the, the two players on the pitch who in recent times have been coming in to uh, who 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 have been coming into football games of similar form, you'd have to say are Lacazette and Aubameyang. Two players we rely on continuously, but two players who haven't been at their best. But today we saw a contrasting a contrasting difference between the two players. One who was giving his all into the game, doing everything he could to try and win the ball, to try and play the ball, to play around, to play with others, and another that was very very frustrated. Um, has been putting a lot of pressure on himself, almost very cautious at times as well. And the moment that Aubameyang can play the way Lacazette is playing, I see. I think we will see the best of him. So that's that. Arsenal winning 4-0 has, you know, put us back into the discussion almost immediately, has put us back into the discussion of finishing top four. And that's not me having these discussions, that's pundits having these discussions on the TV. And... I think that really summarises the way this season has gone from two weeks ago being in a rele- relegation conversation to now being in discussion to finish top four. And listen, we're only six points away from Tottenham. Um, the, the 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 middle of that table is so congested. We've got 23 points from West Ham, who are 10th, up until Chelsea, who are 6th. All teams have six, uh, 26 points. Okay, Man City have you know, two games to play, two games in hands. Southampton have a game in hand. Um, Pretty much everyone else above us has a game in hand. But it's so good to see that we are pushing ourselves away from the bottom of the table and we're slowly making progress to climb up that table. And, you know, from where, from the, from the type of mindset and the, the place where I was a couple of weeks ago when we lost to Burnley um that was such a low point for us fans and especially for me when I decided to make this podcast because I just couldn't take it anymore the psychological torture of knowing that we were in we were in the position where we were we were losing to teams like Burnley was almost too much to bear but now seeing the performance that we did today the standout players and you can only hope that Arteta continues to push these players on continues to manage them as well as he has so far. And again, I really do believe that Arteta is the guy to trust when it comes to developing these young players because some of the, I mean, the, the way that he's spoken about them, the way that he's spoken about the development of their um, their development and just his understanding and his awareness of the importance of slowly easing them, easing them into these types of situations um, puts trust in me uh puts my trust in him more so arsenal four west brom nil we next go to newcastle in the fa cup on the ninth we have got a week to rest and hopefully we see a i would like to see a youthful side against newcastle i'd like to see balogun and aziz start um i'd like to see um, I think Saliba will most definitely go out on loan. I'd like to see Chambers play for that game. I'd like to see. Hopefully, Partey comes back and he is put into he is put in that team as well. The starting eleven. Um, and Ketia, I'd like to see go out on loan. Nelson, I'd like to see start. I mean, you know, there is some really good things 
that weren't on the pitch today. There are some players with some good talent um, that are that weren't available to play, and that's good to see because. I don't and I don't want to go too far and say, look, you know, we've got a complete squad of players that are amazing, that could challenge for the league. Um, but what I do see is that players that have potential to grow and become really, really good. Okay. I think I'm gonna leave it there. Uh we're pushing to an hour, and I think we've had some healthy discussion about the game, about the development of these players that we are seeing about the senior players some of uh, most of whom are you know getting to that same level as the youths are and there are some personally I think we have some we have a really good run of games coming up um I, th I think we will beat Newcastle in the FA Cup I think we will beat Crystal Palace. I think we will beat Newcastle. Southampton will be tough. United will be tough. Um, are we at the midway point in the league? I think we are. Are we? No, we played 17 games. So after we play Newcastle, we would, we would have reached... Um, yeah, we would have reached the midway point of the season. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. If you have listened to the whole post podcast from the beginning to the end, um, you are you are a legend. Please let me know what you enjoyed about this podcast. You can uh, reach me on Instagram and Twitter at GunnerSince96. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast as well. That would be really, really appreciated. You can subscribe to my channel on YouTube uh, at gunner since 96 as well i will be releasing content that will be post-match um sorry pre-match and post-match so those are the two types of videos that i will be releasing a day before the game and a day after the game and this will be out tomorrow or this will be out now well, it is now now you're listening but um what i usually do is i record this uh in the, on the evening of our game and then it gets released the next morning so yeah plenty of arsenal content coming out um i'm really really happy that i'm dedicating my time to releasing more arsenal content because i love this club so much and i can't stop talking about it clearly i'm here doing a podcast by myself and i'm managing to talk non-stop about arsenal for a whole hour anyways let me leave it there um i hope you all had a happy new year and I hope you all have a bright, amazing new year. Stay safe, stay home, look after each other, and I'll see you after Newcastle. Thank you very much.